Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Well, welcome to another rousing, awesome episode. Hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes. And if not, we're almost on 100 because here's a little tidbit about this podcast. It originally started actually as a show on YouTube. So the first, I think, 10 episodes, I'd have to look back. Uh, are actually on a playlist called Turning Topics with BB. And then I decided to turn it into this little shindig that we call a podcast. And it's lived as a podcast ever since. That being said, if you have not logged on to our official website, which is TurningTopicsWithBBPodcast.com, what are you waiting for? That houses all links to wherever you can find this podcast online, as well as our social media. And it also has the playlist I just mentioned from YouTube where you can go back and watch those episodes uh, from back in the day. And if you are a Apple Podcast or Stitcher subscriber, please leave a favorable rating or comment. It helps this podcast be found by other listeners. It's a lot of back-end statistics and algorithms out there. And since this is a little small potatoes podcast, I would help if you spread the word, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell anybody about this podcast if you enjoy it. I really appreciate your help. Also, I have failed to mention in probably the last four episodes, if you have not noticed, it has been mentioned in the episode's descriptions, uh, but you can find this podcast and, well, really support this podcast by buying official podcast merch via our lovely friends at TeePublic. The direct link, again, will be listed in this episode's description. And if you like my awesome logo on anything uh, such as a mug, a baby onesie, a t-shirt, a laptop case, a cell phone case, anything your heart little desires, uh, if you seriously want to support this podcast, uh, even if you don't have to tell anybody that you do, but if you would like to support this podcast other than our official sponsors, you can definitely support it by buying our official merch. And I thank you uh, to all you listeners out there for your help and support of this podcast. I hope you have found this content to be worth it and enough of the housekeeping. My lovely guest is a comic or a comedian, however you want to describe him. I had the pleasure of seeing him feature for another comic back uh, in February for my birthday. Uh, I really loved his comic stylings, his comedy, everything about it. And as the feature act, they tend to not, you know, when you're there for a headliner and then you have a feature act. Uh, But anyway, we talked a little bit about that in our conversation. I'm talking about Sydney Smith. He's a local comic here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. But um, I I hope you find our conversation to be valuable. And without further ado, I give you my wonderful chat with Sydney Smith. This episode is brought to you by Teeth Powder 2.0. Have you been searching for fluoride-free toothpaste alternative? Are you looking to improve your overall oral health? Then Teeth Powder 2.0 is for you. Teeth Powder 2.0 strengthens enamel, eliminates plaque, and improves your overall oral hygiene. Log on to teethpowder.com, clicking the products tab, then using promo code TT with BB to save 15% on orders of two or more. Free shipping for all US orders. Again, that is T-E-E-F-P-O-W-D-E-R.com with promo code TT with BB. This episode of Trending Topics with BB is brought to you by Ringer. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast but need a way to interview guests long distance? Or do you have a need for a conference calling app, but without the risk of software issues? Then Ringer is the app for you. After some careful research of all the apps out there on the market, Ringer became the clear favorite. Ringer can be used on your PC or Mac or smartphone through a convenient app. They have two inexpensive plans for you to choose from based on your needs and features to create studio quality audio. My listeners can save up to 25% on a plan using ringer.com slash tt with bb so what are you waiting for have the broadcast of your life with ringer and that's again for all my listeners spelled r-i-n-g-r 
dot com slash tt with bb well thanks again Jimmy. i really appreciate you joining me for my willing to meet me this evening um so like i just said kind of before we press record um i'm a huge stand-up comedy fan been since i was a kid i grew up in northern arizona where it was kind of boring okay and um uh, being that uh I was just exposed to comedy at a young age, and so it kind of has, I kind of went away from it for a while, and then, you know, as an adult, kind of re-got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's one of those forms, I don't know if it's maybe because of Netflix that it's gotten recently, there's been like the surge, but the the reason I, I you know, I feel like it's one of those forms is really hard to get into and want to stay in, because from all the... From what I've heard from other comics and comedians and even the local scene here, it's really hard to, like, grind it out. So, Can be. Um, along those lines, kind of explain kind of how you fell in love with comedy. And are we recording right now? Yeah, we I wouldn't, I wouldn't sure if we were recording right now. <laughs> all right. Now, now I am in interview mode. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I'd always kind of been in love with comedy, even as a kid. Sneaking and every every comic tells these stories, but sneaking and listening to my mom's Richard Pryor albums when I was a kid, uh, sneaking into the room trying to hear as much as I could could of Eddie Murphy's uh, Raw back when I was a kid, staying up late watching Saturday Night Live, watching Johnny Carson do his monologue, so on and so forth. So uh, I've always had a love for for comedy, but not really knowing I had a love for comedy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, a lot of people say that. You know, it's either both or one or the other of Eddie Murphy, Ra, or Richard Pryor. Absolutely. Or Carlin, George Carlin. Carlin, I remember Carlin was just great and not even... It's crazy because Carlin is so great at writing that you really have to know what you're listening for. Right. While Eddie was just naturally talented, I don't think Eddie was ever really driven by the material, by, by what he was writing. Um, it was more of whatever story that you feel like he was listening to if you were just hanging out with a friend on the street corner. Right. While Carlin is, is really, is really, 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 is, is, is just the words that he puts on paper. He's able to express those thoughts. Um, that the, And with Carlin, you, one of the things I love about Carlin is one of the things I love about Chris Rock is you should walk away from that feeling like you learned something. If you don't walk away feeling like you learned something on top of laughing your fucking ass off, yeah. then you've missed a whole point of listening to Carlin or Chris Rock. Or Eddie Murphy. I, I, I wouldn't put Eddie Murphy in that class. Really? No, no. Eddie Murphy's a rock star. I mean, you hear Kevin Hart and all those other guys, which I agree. First rock star, first guy we ever talked about, the dude who was selling out all the stadiums, so on and so forth, doing the thing, knocking those numbers down. Absolutely. But Eddie Murphy is not the stand-up of Carlin or Chris Rock. I would have to agree. But a lot of people put him up there. I guess maybe because it was around that time. He was the one to break into movies probably first. That's probably... Or, like, get, like you said, a rock star status. He was a rock star. He yeah. Was, he was a rock star. I mean, it, it, the Charlie Murphy stories, I mean, just we, pretty much epitomize the level that that man was on at that time. Right. When you see who he, they were hanging out with. So... He was the first rock star of comedy, um, quote unquote. That's not my, that's not my title for him, but I do agree with it. But he's not the stand-up. He's not the writer that 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 Chris Rock, Carlin is Dave Chappelle for that matter. Yeah, Dave Chappelle is on another level yeah. right now. I've Chris Chris Rock is my another level. Dave Chappelle for me is just nipping at his heels. I think I've come to respect Dave Chappelle in recently mm-hmm. more than I did back when. The Chappelle show was like the talk of the town. Right. Like I watched it here and there, and there were some good sketches. But I I was younger and I didn't quite respect the form like I do now. Right, right, right. And I now also know that he wrote that with Neil Brennan, who now he's like most people didn't know he was the writing partner, and he's behind a lot of writing for a lot of other comedians. Mm-hmm. But now that he's had his specials on Netflix, people mm-hmm. know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so there, it was this this big phenomenon. But so, along those influences, was it, it was, you know, just family? Were your family encouraging of of you being a fan of stand up or? 
I grew I grew up singing and dancing and that whole thing. Uh, so um, my family was always encouraging of that side of things. As far as me wanting to be a comedian, I never. It was something I had never done growing up, and something I never really thought about trying when I was growing up. It wasn't until it was later in life that I thought about, okay, I'd like to try that. And then I went into an open mic <laughs> and know and saw some comics I know to this day, which I won't name, uh, this mic and thought, man, they suck. Uh, I could do this. And went right. back the following week and saw saying, man, they really suck. <laughs> I could do this, and I signed up. So, Right. So before we get to that, can you kind of take us back? So, so where did you grow up? Uh, originally in Detroit. Uh, for the first half of my childhood, then my mom moved us to a small town uh, called Capec. Just and, about an hour or so north of Detroit. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm a rare native Arizonan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was it like growing up um, in that area? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Both of them, and in uh, the first half of my life, childhood was very much fun. I mean, I was around my family all the time. Uh, my mom worked at that General Motors, so my grandmother was always there. My older cousins who were like sisters to me, they were always there. I mean, we were just always together. Me and my cousins grew up as kids. I mean, not just my two older cousins, uh, but all of us cousins. We grew up like brothers and sisters, not cousins. So we were always together, always causing causing trouble, always fighting the neighborhood kids, just always into something. And so it was was a lot of fun. Um, The other side growing up uh, was a lot of fun too. We were the only black family in that small town where my mom moved us up there. So I talk about this on stage. Uh, that has helped me later in life, not knowing that those experiences of growing up around people who uh, did not look the way I did, who didn't have my experiences, uh, uh, has helped me throughout the rest of my life. From from that, it has really helped form a lot of who I am. I agree, because like I said, I'm from Prescott, and Prescott mm-hmm. being, I mean, I'm half black, so my dad's family being like one of the only predominantly black families. Um, yeah, I feel like I've had, which is probably why I live in a big city now, is because I had that experience growing up. Mm-hmm. It kind of shapes you. Um, but it's good that you had, like, a family and, like, you didn't do it alone, I would say. Like, what do you think it would have been different if you didn't have the big, tight family growing up? Um, as far as... As far as what uh, as far as my experiences or yeah experiences well, I, was, I mean I, I'm sure I mean there are some kids that you grow with who are who are only children I mean you say man wish I was the only kid they get so much more shit than I do but <laughs> but I wouldn't change anything because I, I love my family a lot so I wouldn't change it right well that's cool yeah so you said General Motors so mm-hmm. how how did your mom work there her entire career thirty two years wow awesome uh, 30, yeah thirty two years. That's cool. And uh, so I know Detroit's been hit hard since the recession. I know it's bouncing back. Mm-hmm. Have you been back in recent years? Uh, I go. I used to go back quite a bit. Um, I try to stay busy with work as much as possible, so I doesn't leave a lot of time. I do have to go home in October for my uh, brother's wedding. My baby brother just got married last year, so we were in that. And now my other brother's getting married. My other little brother's getting married in October, so I'll go back for that. Um but ordinarily, no, the wife and I, we don't do a whole lot of extra anything. We may take a trip every once in a while, but I just really try to stay working. If I'm not working, I just feel like someone's beating me at something. Um, I have taken this last weekend off and this weekend off just because I need to kind of recoup a little bit. Uh, but normally, no, no, there's no major trips anyplace to visit anybody. Planes, planes fly both ways. If they want to see me, they can always come out. That's true. And I'm sure they prefer our weather to their weather. Uh... You know black people, they don't get on planes too often. So That's true. <laughs> so, so when my mother came out for my wedding uh, a year ago, that was the first time she'd ever been on a plane in her entire life. So, um, Wow. Yeah, then she had to do it again for my brother who got married a few months after we did. She had to fly to Frisco for that. So she's been on a plane twice in the last year. But now she's itching to get on the plane and come back again. Hmm. Well, that's cool. It is until you start to buy a house and she's telling you what... How, to, uh, how the floor plan needs to be set up so, so that she we, can come. Oh yeah, well she can come visit, but she wants to make sure when she comes to visit, you know, we don't disturb her inside of our home. So we need to make sure there's a, <laughs> a split floor plan so that when we get up, she's not bothered and she doesn't hear our television and so on and so forth. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, she's a riot. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. So that's awesome. So to kind of get back to the comedy thing, yeah. I had a question. So, mm-hmm. what I mean, other than influences of all comedy. 
What is your take on the difference between improv and stand-up? Oh, uh, improv is hard. Improv is hard. I've tried it a couple of different times just to kind of test myself. Um, but I think stand-up is hard. I mean, it's, it's all hard. The, the, what makes it hard is you don't, if you don't have a love for it. I don't have a love for improv. Um, okay. uh, it's not something I want to get up there and do with two or three other people and let's run this scene. Now, don't get me wrong, to a certain extent, my comedy can be improv if I feel like playing around that night. A lot of people ask me, you write everything down or you plan things out? I do. I show up an hour or so early for every show. I study the crowd. I go over my material. I am, I'm, I'm just that way. I'm just really pissed off if I don't do it right. that way. My, my wife will tell you that. She said, don't bother him before a show. He, this is his process. Um, but there are nights that I say, okay, you know what? I want to do something different. I'm going to go away from the material when I'm going to get up here. And I'm just going to go with what the crowd gives me. Um, and I've done that on stage where I've done an hour just like doing it that way. Uh, but as far as getting up with a team of folks, not my cup of tea. <laughs> but I respect people who do do that um, because I don't have to really want to do what you do, but I can respect your hustle behind what you do. Right. I, they're two. I mean, I I like both, but they're completely different. Yeah, it's interesting. Two different muscles, completely two different muscles. But the thing about it, whether it's that or the, or stand up, you got to have a love for it, and I have a love for stand up. That's why. I do what I, I do it. So awesome. So, like, like I mentioned to you before we started recording, mm-hmm. I had a chance to to see you feature before Josh Wolf. Who great guy. Great I love guy. Josh Wolf. Great guy. I mean, uh, that guy gave me so much, so much stuff. I, I think he he's so underrated in comedy. I've been following him since his days featuring on Chelsea Handler's mm-hmm. panel. Mm-hmm. I listen to all his podcasts. Um, so I've been a big fan of him, and uh, it was nice to that that you were there, and I was able to see. And so, when you feature, mm-hmm. uh, well, a little inside baseball, is there a little bit of advice from the you know headlining act? Is there just camaraderie that maybe because Phoenix or the Phoenix area is a, a, a touring town, it's mm-hmm. not like an LA where they have the comedy store and. And it's like every night somebody goes up. So, like, what is the local scene and when you get to feature for... I'll I'll say this. Don't sleep on the Phoenix scene. I tell young comics now who are... Or old comics, you know, depending on your age, uh, who come up to me, what do I need to do? I'm thinking about doing that. I watched you. I'm inspired. I just had a guy tell me last week, I'm inspired by watching you. And I I really didn't know how to take that. I thought, well, did you actually think that you can do what I just did? Or... Did you just love it that much you want to do it? I didn't ask him, but in my head, because I'm a comic and that's how our brains work, right. that's what I was thinking. Um, there's a great scene here. So I told him, but I told every young comic, or you want to be comic, get up, man. You got to get up. You can get up just about every night. You can get up some nights two or three times in a night if you want to hustle and burn that gas. So we got a great scene here, and I'm jealous of it because this scene wasn't here when I started. I started... 10, 11 years ago. Okay. This, this was a, you had Howard Hughes was ran, was just starting out with his clubs. Uh, uh, Sean had the comedy spot and then you had a Tempe improv. That was it. Then you had maybe a couple mics here and there that people were trying to run, but we didn't know how to run mics. So they didn't last that long. Uh, so, okay. so it was that whole thing. Well, now there's comedy everywhere from here to there in the Valley, from East Valley to West Valley, you can find comedy shows to go to and see people who are really grinding on it or people who are just fucking off on a mic because they don't want to go home to their wives and their fucking ugly kids or something. So, um, uh, that's a whole nother can of worms, <laughs> but, <laughs> but which I don't have anything, a problem with that. Like I've ever, I've always told every comics, all comics, when even when I was running rooms, I don't care if this is something you want to do for a career or if you're a hobbyist, just understand what lane you're in and how I'm going to treat you. Do not expect me to treat you as a comic who takes this seriously when you and I both know you don't. You're a hobbyist, and that's okay. Right. Just understand that that's how I'm going to treat you, and that's how I would approach you. Um, so I have a problem with that. In terms of dealing with headliners, look, comics are strange creatures to begin with. You know, everything you hear about us being broken and mental and so on and so forth is, is all true. I think artists, all artists, not just comics, all artists, whether you're a singer or a writer or a dancer, whatever you are, somewhere, somehow, you're broken inside. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to get up in front of people you don't know 
and have hear them clap for you and tell and them tell you you're great. I don't know if it's because your mom didn't tell you or your dad didn't hug you enough. <laughs> the narcissism they talk about. We, we, I mean, I don't want to call it narcissism. We are all one bad set, song, play, acting gig away from being a, a stripper. <laughs> or homeless or that's what that is so when you first get started you're in awe of all the headliners to come through um, your first thing is if you get to work with a headliner a true headliner you're just like holy shit this is it man this is my moment I'm about to do this and you don't know you're not about to do shit but to go and do this time and the first person that's probably going to remind you that is the headliner because they're all different. You have some that come through and they really want to chill and they want to hang out and they show up a little bit early, they want to talk and you have some that come through, their headphones in their heads the whole time and they don't want to chat about shit, which is cool too. Right. Um, and that's just how it goes. If you can get anything out of them, one of the coolest ones they had to hang around with is Russell Peters. Russell Peters is real chill. That. One of the nicest guys. Um, he runs his shows really different than any other headliner I've ever seen. Uh, but Josh was really chill too. Josh gave me some great advice and great encouragement. Um, and his wife was awesome too. She was just like Whitney Cummings, by the way. Just uh, yeah. very, very beautiful. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's what it's like to kind of be in there with the airline. It just depends. You just your job as the uh, feature, and even more so as the host or opener, is to sit your ass back, get out the way, and wait and see, and try to pick up off the vibe. I think the perfect person to try to be is to try to be that person who grew up in a home that you didn't know what that day was going to bring you emotionally because those kids know how to sit in a room and read that room and fit into whatever mode they need to fit into. Right. So if you grew up with a mom or a dad and maybe they were emotionally or mentally broken or some days they came home in a good mood or some days they came home in a bad mood, depending on how their day went, you knew to stay out the way and read that room for the first 10 or 15 minutes before you approached them to ask for anything talk about dinner to talk about anything if you if you're able to do that whether you grew up in that type of situation or you learn how to do that for whatever other reason those are normally the best people to be able to sit in that room and figure out how to deal with this room how do i navigate this room and how do i do it for the entire fucking weekend because it's not just one night you got to fucking do it you got to do it the entire weekend uh you got to make sure you ask at the right time you know is there anything you don't want me to say you don't want me to step on your material possibly is there any jokes you don't want me to tell? Do you want me not to curse so much? You know, so and all these different questions you have to ask, but you have to ask at the right time and make sure you're asking the right person and doing it in the right way. Right. So the repetition, right? The the ability to accommodate. It's like I also kind of equate it to like an opening act in music. Mm-hmm. A lot of headlining or stars don't want whoever's playing to either play their music or play something like their music Mm -hmm. so sometimes they're like stick to this right it's the same thing well a good friend of mine Andy Steinberg who I've known since I started and absolutely fucking hilarious one of the coolest dudes one of the dudes I call when I'm like man I'm stuck I need some advice on something how do I do this how do I do this in comedy Uh, is out right now uh, touring with Aerie Spears as his feature for the last two years and while he's hilarious in his own right, he and Aries are completely different and obviously how they look. Aries is a, a tall, thick black guy, while Andy Steinberg is a Jewish man who wears glasses with salt and pepper hair that kinda of is kinda of wild, a little bit like Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. So and their material is not similar. So you don't you'll see a lot of female comics that take gay comics with them on the road. A lot of female headliners take gay because they're not gonna be the same. Right. So and and that's normally not just what the headliner wants. Sometimes that's also what management wants as well. So the you know the diversity and maybe the different points of view. Mm-hmm. Now, if that answers your question. Oh, it does. Okay. But my my I guess my next thought would be kind of what I hear in other podcasts and other comedians talk about mm-hmm. recently is the times we live in of people being oversensitive have you seen your comedy change base of this or are you still wanting to plug that first amendment right to just say to an extent i i know there's certain things obviously because we've seen everybody's debating of 
old people either on Twitter or on TV or maybe the whole Louis C.K. Well, other than the Louis C.K. thing, but right. sometimes he... Right. The other side of it where he said, has said some stuff on stage, it's kind of made people mad. I'll say this. When you have the Louis C.K.'s, Chris Rock's, Dave Chappelle's, those guys who, whose names are on the marquee, I don't want to hear anybody bitching about anything because you know what you're getting when you buy that ticket or when you're going to that show. Whether someone gave it to you or not, you know what you're getting. I don't want to hear any complaining. You shouldn't have went. That's how I look at most things in life. I don't want to hear anything from a guy who bitches about his girlfriend every day because she has her kids are terrible and he's trying to help her out or she doesn't cook, she doesn't clean. I don't want to hear that just like I don't want to hear from a woman who complains about, you know, a boyfriend who hits her every other Saturday. He hit you last Saturday. What made you think he wasn't going to hit you this Saturday? Uh, she didn't clean up last week. What made you think she was going to clean up this week? You knew what you were getting when you stepped into it each and every day, just like you knew what you were getting into when you went to that show. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to differ from that, but from that, that's a different standpoint that I would take personally right now in my career. Do I want to get up and say everything I want to say? Fuck yeah, I do. Right. But it's time and place. So when I recorded my CD, that is now, or when I do my Sydney Smith show at Stand Up Live, that is my show. Right. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. The people that I book on that show cannot. This is not your show. So I have some comics who come out, uh, and I think they're very talented, and I won't mention his name, but he wanted to take notes on two stage. I said, what are you doing? I'm taking, you're not taking notes, not my show. He says, well, your name is on the marquee, not mine. I said, if you keep taking notes on stage, your name never will be on the marquee. No notes. Get your ass out of the stage because it's my show. So it's time and place. This is still a business. It's all fun and games. It's about all, all about laughs, but it's business too. So if you want to get to a certain point with your career, this is, goes back to, is this what you love? Is this is your career? Or are you bullshitting? Is this just a hobby? If you're bullshitting just a hobby, fine. Go fuck off and never get booked again on anything. But if this is something you want to do, this is what your life, you cannot do, that. you can't breathe without this, then you adhere to the rules that go along with it. And the rules say, until your name is on the marquee, you follow the rules. So if I get booked by Casey, shout out to Casey and the whole stand-up live crew down there. If I get booked by Casey to do a show, they're gonna, they're, he's more than likely, this is going to be rules. Like, I just worked with, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Veer Doss, two weeks ago at 10 p.m. Prof at CB Live. Casey said, hey, I need you to do clean. I said, cool. No problem. If you have to ask how clean or anything like that, you can't do clean. So, cool. No problem. I go in, talk to Veer when he gets there. Or when Veer beat me there, actually. Say, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to be clean. He said, don't worry about that. That's something that management says. Do what you do. Okay, so now I have to make a judgment call. Veer says, do what I do. But Casey said, do clean. Casey has obviously talked to Veer's management. That's why Casey said what he said. I understand what he said, but Veer's leaving. Right. Veer's leaving town. I still want to continue to get booked. Right. So now I have to hover on that edge of what he said and what he said. So it's all these things that go along with it. So when it comes to dealing with what to say on stage and what not to say on stage, where do you want your career to be? Like I don't get up and I don't tell rape jokes about women being raped. Because I don't think that's cool. Right. Some comics do. To me, it doesn't make sense. It's all in the numbers. Right. In most audiences, you're going to see, you're going to see there's going to be a vast number of tables of females who've come together. Outside of that, you're going to see couples that came together. Who do you think decided that that couple's coming to a comedy show? The female or the male? I can guarantee you, nine times out of ten, the female decided that they were coming to see that comedy show. Why do you want to alienate people that you want to come out and see you to help you continue to get booked? So, again, where do you want your career to be? Are you a hobbyist or do you take this seriously? And that's when you break it down to what you can say and what you can't say. Dave Chappelle can get up and make all kinds of jokes and say whatever you want. And people can get mad and bitch about his last special, which was fucking hilarious. It was great. Fucking hilarious, but people get mad because he said, I believe he said faggot or something along those lines. Don't watch this. Why are you watching it? Yeah. You Did you not watch the Chappelle show? Have you not seen Dave's comedy for the last 30 plus years? Right. Why are you watching it? That's like me fucking buying the ticket to go to a Trump rally and then fucking getting on Facebook bitching about everything Trump said. Yeah. Why did I buy the fucking ticket? Exactly. Keep your ass at home. Yeah, so 
to kind of piggyback, we'll, we'll put a pin in that, but to, to kind of piggyback on something you said earlier about how you, you know, featuring for different acts yeah. and the management and, and Wayne. So what do you, I've heard arguments being on comics that want to work blue and then comics that want to work clean. What is your thoughts on being able to do both? You write the joke clean and then add in what you need to add in when you need to add it in. The joke should be clean. And that's it. It's just that simple. I tell everybody that. Write a joke clean. If you have to write a joke and your punchline is fuck, bitch, cunt, any any of that, that show, if that's your punch, you don't have a joke. You're just another dumbass. You might as well be working at a factory. And so to those that claim, oh, it, it's against their freedom of speech or whatever they want to claim because they like to work blue and that's all they've known, what, what do you say to them? Then that's what you want to do. That's just like guys who just who just work black rooms. If you want to just work black rooms, you just want to work certain rooms, then you do that. I don't ever want to be known as an urban comic or a black comic. I've worked very hard not to be known as that or be called that or, or be seen as such. I can get up in front of black in a black room and do my thing, but I can get up in front of Hispanics. I can get in front of all white people. I, anybody you want to put in front of me, I can do it. And that's what I want to be known for. Now, a if you comic, want, not, not something else. I, I want to be known as a comic that can be seen doing anything at any time and is talented at what he does. My, I want to be known as someone who can write. That dude can write. Not only can he perform, not only do we like him on stage, not a, that dude can write. So, in, with to kind of go back also to what we've talked about is, I don't know if it's really a phenomenon is the right word, but a, a resurgent of comedy being like in right now because of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a positive thing? Or kind of hindering right now to the extent extent that, like, I've heard certain comics who haven't gotten that special on Netflix or not getting that spot on Comedy Central Mm -hmm. really sour. Mm -hmm. So what is your take on the fact that, and it also seems to be the same type of comics that they're being featured on Netflix right now. Because (laughs) Josh, his special didn't get picked up by Netflix. Yep. So he sold it for five dollars on his website, which is fantastic. And now he's those clips he's putting up on YouTube, and it's made him blow up in the last year. Yeah. So what is your th- thinking of the the picking and choosing because Netflix thinks certain demographics are watching them? Uh, it, it takes me back to two answers ago, and I'm not to speak for Josh, but I would assume he would see it the same way since he's been doing this a lot longer than I have and has done more than I have at this point. This is a business. This is about numbers. At the end of the day, this is about numbers. Do do you think you get booked just based off of this is this is just like when I was booking rooms, I would have comics come up to me who knew me very well and who and they felt felt like they were safe enough to whisper this to me. Why would you book that bad guy? Or why'd you book that girl and not that funny? And I would look at them because I am how I am, so I don't give a fuck. Do you see people in the room? Right. And and at the end of the day, that's on the business side is what I cared about. Asses and seats. People buying drinks. People paying money to get tickets. You can be a funny ass comic and have a crowd of people who love you. But if I can't get them to buy tickets, fuck, if you can't give them free tickets and they can't show up for free tickets, it don't it don't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Especially when you look at what comedy clubs do, A clubs do on a major level, which is a lot of them paper rooms. That's why they get your information. So they can call you, email you. Hey, we got tickets. Hey, you've been right. you've been lucky two weekends in a row, three weekends in a row, and That's so on and so forth. Right. Tickets, tickets, tickets. Why? Because we want to get you in here to get you to spend that money on drinks and food. Right. That's why your drinks cost you $9 for a beer. Damn the twenty dollars for a mixed drink. Two drink minimum. Two drink minimum. This is a business at the end of the day. So if you want to complain about what someone else is getting, that's fine. You're wasting your time. Now, don't get me wrong, I've done it too. I've gotten upset seeing people I do not think, not not think, I know are not as funny as I am. Get Comedy Central specials. 
but that's because I'm a very competitive person. I want to win. I don't let I don't really let my mother beat me in anything. I want to always win. So that's me. But I don't sit there and piss and moan about it over and over and over because I understand. Just like Josh probably got upset about not getting his special picked up. Let me figure out another way to attack this. And obviously he did. Awesome. Oh, so I guess my from from that then what do you say to those comics that are always bringing that point up then to just like that someone else is getting what I what I'm yeah getting? I don't I um I don't say anything to them I see it on Facebook every every day you can see someone bitching and moaning about we're not getting booked because of this we're not getting booked because of that because I'm a woman because I'm black because I'm this because I'm short because I'm everyone feels like something has everyone has something against them they're booking them because they are gay now you know it. It's going to be what it's going to be. Is Netflix probably booking, giving specials to certain comics that they think are going to help them make money? Yes. Right. There's a reason why Amy Schumer gets a special and gets it for the money she got. And Monique got offered the money she got. This is simple. Are they, catch, are they catching true. you on the heels of some type of hype that you have going right now? Do you have some name recognition? Can you bring eyeballs, more eyeballs to Netflix to keep... To keep viewers watching Netflix, right? No one's giving you a special because they like you. That's true. No one's giving you anything in this business because they like you. I make tons of friends in this business. No one's giving me dick, right? Yeah, it right. took people who cry about not getting stand up live and so it took me fucking ten. Almost 10 years of grinding before I got into stand-up life or the Tempe Improv. Go right. fuck yourself with right. your own dick. Right. You're moaning and crying about nothing. Are you grinding all the time? Are you promoting? I started creating my own flyers. Taught myself how to write, how to how to do Photoshop so I can create my own flyers so I can stop getting dicked by the designers. So I can always be putting stuff out and not spending 50, 60, 100 dollars. Are you doing that? I taught myself how to write scripts so I could write my own web series. I bought my own equipment. Are you doing that? I've created my own shows from bar shows all the way up. When I was telling jokes in bars with nothing but people playing pool, nobody wanted to hear the fucking jokes. Right. To do the House of Comedy. And then to get the tap on the shoulder from Casey to come to Stand Up Live now. Are, what have you done to bitch and moan about not getting in? Work your way up like everybody does. Nothing is given to me. Nothing is given to a lot of the other comics. Fucking Michael Turner, Anwar, they've bust their ass with their shows. Nothing was given to them. Right. They had to put that shit together themselves. And many other comics in the Valley. What makes some of these cats out here? No one owes you any. Are you writing? Are you putting in the work? Are you doing going up? The 58 minutes I just did two weeks ago, I worked on for a year and a half. To the point I was tired of hearing the jokes. To the point where I had people coming to, well, are you going to write something new? Are you going to do something? And me smiling and trying to explain to them what the process is. Are you doing that? Right. If you're bitching and moaning all the time, I guarantee you you're not. You know how I know you're not? Because you're bitching and moaning all the time when you could be writing something. Or creating something. Or doing something. So yeah. I don't. So I don't bitch and moan all the time. So right. I, I got on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it was perfect. I mean, it's just funny. I guess because I've I've heard you hear a lot. I guess you hear more of the negativity than you know the the accolades or whatever. And also, I guess as a fan of comedy and not somebody who's actually worked in comedy, right? We have our own perspectives, right? And I think that was my kind of my the the avenue is going with the fact that Netflix or but to me people know, more now know Netflix specials than even Comedy Central because a lot of us cut the cord so we don't have Comedy Central anymore well Netflix wanted that they wanted to take that space because it used to be HBO even more so than Comedy That's right. Central or Showtime right yeah, or, you know HBO was uh, was blasting out with the hour long specials you know Comedy Central had their half hour things that they were doing for a long 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 time and they still do them now but HBO was where if you got an HBO special, you was doing it. And Netflix wanted to take that and, and get into that get into that space. Uh, 
do I think there's a lot of fucking Netflix comedy specials? There are a lot of Netflix comedy specials. Um, for the last couple of years or so, you hear the old heads from Detroit all the way to California talking about, oh, we're going to have another burst. The bubble's going to pop again. There's too many comics. There's too much of this, too much of that, too much of this. I do believe the thing that they forget that we have Netflix now. We have the internet now. We have YouTube now. That's something they didn't have in the 80s. They tell me stories about, oh, I used to be able to, to work from Detroit all of Michigan into Ohio and over into Indiana and then back again. I could get 356 states just out of that. That's a long time ago. That's a long fucking time ago. Long, long, long time ago. That's not going to probably ever come around again because uh, comedy is like chicken wings now. Everybody fucking wants to have a wing special. <laughs> Everybody wants to have a fucking wing. Everybody's serving chicken wings. Sure. So, everywhere, you can probably throw a rock in any area from where we are right now and hit an open mic right now. So, you have a lot of people out here. Is the market saturated? Probably so. But, if you stick with it and you're grinding, you're going to get to the top. Is there too many fucking Netflix specials? Maybe. I don't know. But I don't have mine yet. So, um, let them keep putting them out till I get mine. Then I'll bitch and moan about this really too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> down me. with the specials. I was just curious because I guess my next question is, is you, you know, how's comedy? We talked about comedy can bring people together or we talked about how people can be oversensitive about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I heard comics that are maybe popular in other countries or travel to other countries to do their stand-up mm-hmm. it's all the same everybody laughs there's really not other than the exact like the actual language barrier mm-hmm. if it's in english it's kind of universal like 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 music is so if you can relate to it absolutely just like music so do you think it's a some people have said that there's still that barrier i guess other than languages what i'm trying to make is that i find it fascinating that have you heard of Gad Emelin? He's the he was called the Seinfeld of France. Uh, does he have a special on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. So he, I guess, the last four or five years, he, for twenty six years, he was like the 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 pinnacle in France, mm-hmm. and he decided to drop that and come over here and start doing comedy. More importantly, like in New York. At the Gotham Comedy Club mm-hmm. and learn English and now he speak, now he does his comedy in okay. English nice. and now he has a Netflix special and he just actually also has a series on Netflix called Huge in France and it's kind of like the satire of his life and how he came over here and the, 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 the cultural differences and why he thinks he's funny over there but everybody in the US doesn't think he's funny and <laughs> did he lose his touch and all of this it's a really good series but the reason I bring that up is, I'll, where do you see comedy continuing? I mean, like you just recorded your your album, which I'm stoked to hear. I was sad I couldn't come to the taping, but where do you, as we talked about, eventually you getting a special mm-hmm. and, and the bubble we just mentioned, where do you see with all this like excitement, I think, across the world between even comics that are well-known in another country. Hmm, that's a good question. I see comedy going... I don't see comedy going... I guess I don't see it really moving. Comedy has always been what comedy will always be. And it takes me back to kind of what I said before. It's always a way to express a thought that the mainstream may not want to hear or understand at the moment. Um, But never have we ever lived in a society where people were so sensitive about that being presented. Mm -hmm. Um, I love where comedy is now and where it will always be because comedy, comedians are a lot like rappers in terms of when we're coming up, we have so much to say because we're so with the everyday man and woman until we get to a point where not. But the great thing is there's always another group that's coming behind it. Right. So I think as long as people are taking to the stage and saying something and not just trying to rehash what white people sound like, trying to do that white voice from the 90s. 
Um, I get to hear it in my head right now. Of course, because you've heard so many black comics do it. Um, I, or, I, or like the same cadence that maybe Chris Rock did, or. And and you know what? And depending on where you are in your career, that's okay because every comedian starts out sounding like their favorite comedian. I used I used to walk the stage back and forth like Chris Rock did on his specials, not realizing that. I was on a much smaller stage, so I didn't need to move. move. <laughs> right. I'm only on three feet of wood. I don't need to just go back and forth the way he did. Uh, so everyone does that. There's comics who love Kevin Hart, and they have his cadence and the pitch of his voice down pat and don't realize it until they get to a point where, holy shit, I sound like Kevin Hart, and I need to get my own voice. Um, but I love where comedy is. Um, I love that the idea. I haven't seen that special that you talked about or even that TV show. But I love the fact that he had the courage to put down his 26-year career friends and to come over here and pretty much start all over. Well, don't you, I think he still tours back in France. He better, because... He, he sells out arenas and stuff in France still. Okay. But I think he came over... He was also on... A, speaking of Jerry Seinfeld, he was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He was on an episode of that, which is go, on Netflix. I'll have to go back and look at that, because I, I skip... I must confess, I love that show, but I do skip around, because I don't want to hear every comic that he Oh, I watched every episode. But... It's a funny one because they're in this like a little French car in Manhattan. But it didn't. <laughs> anyway, so the re- I, I don't know. I just I thought, and then this new show called uh, Huge and Fringe was great because it it kind of mirrored his life, mm-hmm. and it was just funny because it, a lot not, you could think that some of it's real, some of it's not to show. But I also watched his special, and it's about his observation as a. Moroccan French guy mm-hmm. moving to the U.S. Right. So he had a point of view, like. And it speaks to you being biracial. I guess, but I'm, I've never been to Morocco or France. But it doesn't matter. You, I mean, it, it can still speak to you. You don't just like I can get up and tell jokes to all white room and they can laugh. They're not. They've never walked in my shoe. They're not black. That's true. <laughs> but they can still laugh because I'm able to express my experiences that made me that probably it maybe mirror theirs. Right. So, I I guess maybe, I don't know, I've never, I just think it's cool, mm-hmm. but I'm also enthralled with different languages, too, so I think it's really cool that, I mean, he speaks now four languages, <laughs> and so it's like, hearing his story, and talk about it, and talk about how he was like, I was just bored for, tw- like, I, I was the man for 20s, and I just felt like... I had no challenge. I wanted to do a challenge and right, right. learn a new language and learn how to do comedy. I just think that's really the coolest thing. So, you, you want to leave here and do your podcast in France? Well, I know Spanish, so I could probably go to Spain. No, 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 no. We need you to go to France. <laughs> you got to go there and learn French. You can't yeah. go someplace where you already know how to speak the language. You get, well, this needs to be. Uh, y'all, you're terrible at this. This needs to be mirrored. <laughs> mirrored. But I just, I, I, what I'm saying is, I respect that. Like, absolutely. Way I feel like. Maybe because I've grown up in the U.S., we tend to have our own little, like, perspective, and we tend to not go outside our comfort zone as much as we think we do. Right. So I just thought that was very cool, in the, especially in the art of comedy, which is already hard as it is. Yeah. To learn a new language and to learn... You know what I mean? I guess I kind of disagree with you, and I don't want to knock the guy because I don't know the man. Okay. Um, and maybe I will meet him. Yeah. Um, but I... I, I I guess I get to your point to a certain extent, but let's keep in mind the man is rich. The man is still touring in France. <laughs> I guess that's a point. The man came over here to do this. He didn't come over here as an unknown. You that's know, true, that, and he's that, gotten on all the late night he's shows. Got a, right, late night shows. He's got a, net, two, a Netflix special and a Netflix show. So while he's doing something. I think he has two specials. This is just like people yeah. who think well, okay so, two, so even worse so yeah. this is just like people who think one's in French though everybody that they meet who's been in the military thank you for your service don't thank everybody you meet who's been in the military <laughs> you don't know yeah. what they were doing thank the guy who was overseas who was actually fighting shit right. and doing things don't thank the guy that if you just changed his uniform he could have been working at Staples okay he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's essentially doing the same job at Staples as he was doing the military uh, so and just don't be after just giving your love away is all I'm saying. Treat your, treat, treat your love for comedy like you did with your virginity. Just, just save it for the right time, for the right person. 
Does that apply to everybody, though? <laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> I wish it did. We got some. We got some real comedy lovers out here. I wish. I wish. Yeah. I mean, I would I would be at the comedy club every weekend if I could. I just you, you should know. you should and you know what you should go check out the comedy store if you've never done it. Oh, I've been planning. I was gonna plan to go to L.A. and then I changed my mind to go somewhere else. And now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I want to go back to uh, L.A. Uh, for because yeah. I was. Well, first of all, I was like gonna go. Then other people said it canceled their, that they didn't wanted to come with me. Mm-hmm. This is for well, July coming up. Mm, okay. That weekend, I was gonna like just road trip out there and. Go to comedy store, Laugh Factory, mm-hmm. the whole thing, because because that's where the show to his um, Gad show takes place. Okay. Um, yeah, he gets up there at the store or at the uh, Laugh at the Factory? store. Okay. Um, well, not the whole show, but he, he you see him and he has a whole bit with Crystal Lee. It's really funny. Okay. Uh, but then my friends are like, "No, let's go to Vegas." And then I was like, "But I've done Vegas." They go, eh. And then now I'm like, screw that. I want to go back to L.A. Because I've just been so enthralled with the whole. And you just got to go with people who, who know why you're going. And they, they're they going to go with you for the same reason. Yeah. Because the store is, is not for everybody. Uh, but I I love that place. It's my favorite place there. So I just think it's cool. It is, it is very well, cool. Well, from the perspective of, a, I guess, a comic. But mm-hmm. it just seems like the coolest thing that. From a fan of comedy and somebody who's anybody could go up there, like Chappelle could drop in, Rock could drop in. That's why it's cool. For, that's why it's cool. Or for me too. you could just see somebody you don't never heard of who's amazing on that lineup. I love the store. It's one of the places. Um... And it's it seems to be like just I don't know. There's something about the community. I mean, especially when I mean Brody Stevens dying was mm-hmm. a huge thing for the the community. Mitzi um, Passon was huge in there. Yeah, well. Mitzi, yeah. Um, it's just one of those spots you like you say you can see anyone. I I'm standing on the patio, uh one night I was there having a beer and just turned my right and there's Jeff Ross. Just, right. Just hanging out on the patio. Rose Master Jenner. Yeah, it's just hanging out on the just hanging I mean you will you will see you will see a lot of folks that just passing through. Obviously you're Dave Chappelle to Chris Rocks. Um you may not see out there because they don't probably don't want to be mobbed, but it's, it's a very, very, very chill spot. I, I laid down and did uh, Snow Angels on the stage in the main room. I just and I'm just, and anyone who knows me knows I'm a germaphobe. So, but that's how much I that, that was my first time there. I did the main room <laughs> and I got there early and just did Snow Angels. Do you have a favorite room? Because people talk about either the main room, the original room, the belly room. I've I've only done the main room. Um, I've seen shows up in the belly room, which is which those shows are awesome up there. I've seen snap battles up there. That those snap battles there are legit. Um, and I've only kind of seen some shows from a distance inside the OR room. For me, I want I wanted to do the main room. Couldn't wait to do the main room. A lot of specials are shot in the main room. I've done it three times, and so I look forward to hopefully getting back there later this year. That brings up my one point about specials. Do you have an opinion on Doctor Ken? Because there seems to be. I think it's a. I think he's great. I think he's hilarious. But people talk about. Have you seen his special? I have not seen Doctor. It's basically just his stories about him becoming a comic after him being a doctor. Yeah. And like, so it's all his hangover stories and all that crap. It's funny, but some people wouldn't say that it's necessarily true stand-up. Um, if he's up there just sharing stories about his life and his experiences like that. Uh, you, you're killing me right now because, because you're asking me these questions about these guys. Um, well, no, I'm not trying to like knock them, but what I'm saying is, why would somebody? I mean, Josh, his is all stories more than it is set up punchline. You know what I mean? Not every comic is the same. My, I guess my point of they're, you, they're, my point, right, in my right. question is yeah. not to knock them, but why would somebody criticize certain comics based on? Their formula, I guess you could say. I guess it, I, I guess you're well. You're right. You go back. They're all are all different types of comedy. Um, Josh is a storyteller. Um, I don't consider myself a, a standard um, comic either in the way I deliver. Um, but I don't know who 
who was who was who was knocking them back? No, I just seen online 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 trolling and hate. You know. Well, that's always going to be that. Now I, I would have to see a special, I guess, to see it. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed. Yeah, I would have to see it. I, and you know what? Sometimes he he uh, he makes me laugh. <laughs> well, it's just funny because I just I guess from a comedy fan, I don't understand why some maybe it's just people just hating, but why you would why people are calling out certain people that's why it's important for any show that you go see hopefully the booker has 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 a balanced lineup so that there's something for everyone because you're never going to get everyone to like that one person right well even a headliner i have people who come up to me after shows i hated him i loved you you know and that's the person that they actually paid money to come see and spent you know a hundred dollars on drinks and food to see but they like me more which is fine but it's what happens hmm. oh, you're always going to get trolls you know I, I wait for the day I get mine <laughs> you wait for the day you get yours <laughs> well I have a few but I need more I want more I want more haters that's what I hear a lot of comics say which is funny so maybe I'm just asking the wrong question but no you I mean look he's cashing checks I don't know <laughs> that's true and I don't know how he... He quit being a doctor. Stopped being a doctor. He had a, had a sh- I don't know if his show was still on or not, but he no, had I think his it own, got canceled. He had his own show. Um, he'll have his time in this limelight till he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, Russell gave me some great advice, though, and I'll say this, and maybe this will answer your question. Right. I sat in the green room, and we were talking about a comic who's doing his thing in Hollywood. I won't name that person. Uh, but Russell said if Hollywood ever decides they don't want him to be famous anymore, he won't be famous anymore. Right. He says, but if they tell me I can't do another TV show, I can't do another this or anything Hollywood, I will always sell out because those people out there are my fans. I grew that. And for me, that's what it's about is home growing your audience as the best you can, um, as fast as you can, if you can, but definitely as the, the best you can. And that's why Russell has a shows when he's here, he sells out Stand Up Live, which is the largest comedy club in the country. 650 seats and for the second show the, is it really that much yeah so, and at the second show I've been there a bunch of times and I, I guess I just never really oh, yeah. Six, counted the shade 650 seats, seats. But, but there are people outside in the rain waiting for the second show to start for him and he sells out every show and that's just him tuning up to go on tour around the world to do arenas those are so hopefully that maybe that answers your Dr. King question I guess I, I mean because I guess I've also recently listened to um, Dane Cook on a bunch of podcasts because he's on tour right now. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, well, he went through a lot of shit, but the fact that he ha- he was hated by his peers mm-hmm. when he was like stratosphere of like, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago mm-hmm. that he hit, which... And he talks about how he's come back from all of that. Why would you get so much hate other than just jealousy? Is it just jealousy that he... Without getting into particular stories and who who tells them. Yeah. um, It depends on the comic. It can be just jealousy, people hating on you. That does happen. I've been privy to those conversations, too. Uh, It can also be because you're an asshole. Okay. You know, it, it, it just depends on... How are you dealing with whatever amount of success you're having, especially if you're up there? Kevin does a great job, and I've never met the man, Kevin Hart, but he, from the outside looking in, he does a great job of keeping his guys who've always been there close to him and treating them like family and like they're his equals um, and then giving that same love to the fans. Right. Never ever coming off again from the outside looking in, coming off like he just made you know sixty million dollars last year, or he's worth three hundred million, you know that type of thing. So it's all about that type of balance, um, and at least appearing to be balanced. I think we should end it there. But before we do that, mm-hmm. I want to get your plugs in for your album. Where could people find all the info to? Pick up your album that you just recorded and maybe come out to a show. Uh, you know what? The great thing right now, 
because going back to, I'm glad you asked me that question. Going back right now, I'm redoing my website and everything right now uh, with a whole new domain name and whatnot. So, best way to keep up with everything is to follow me on Instagram. I throw everything up on Instagram. Uh, that's going to be Sydney Smith for Laughs okay. um, right now uh, until I change that. So, jump on that while you can. Uh, and then you can catch up with what shows are coming up. Um, uh, you can kept, catch up when the CD is going to come out. You can catch up with the new podcast that I'm going to be starting uh, as soon as I can find a female who can who can play the part that I need to be played on this podcast without uh, any repercussions uh, from anyone in her, especially in her life. Um, uh, so those that are those, interesting. Those are <laughs> those are a few things that I that that I have coming up. Uh, I'm still writing all the time, so I uh, got a few other things, a few other things I'm working on right now too. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. I appreciate you asking me and coming out to the show and, and thinking I was funny and, and following me on social media and asking me to come out. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you.